Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Andy Campbell Football Show. This is episode number 130. The uh, show is available live on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Ace Podcast Nation, of course, your home to many other great shows and series featuring top guests, expert analysts and more. So uh, please do give us a follow on social media, subscribe to that YouTube channel. Click the bell for notifications every time we go live or upload a show. Uh, if you prefer your podcasts in audio forms, you can uh, get every single show we do in the audio format. Just search Ace Podcast Nation at your favourite radio or podcast platform and uh, you'll find there are well over 400 shows. And, uh, of course, if you want to keep it purely football, just uh, follow at AC Footy Show on all social media platforms to keep up to date on the latest guests and upcoming shows, particularly with the Euros coming up, where there's going to be some uh, extra content and shows and guests and all sorts. So uh, keep up to date with that. But uh, just as we wait for those various platforms to fill up a little bit, a big thank you to Black Diamond Sports as ever for their support around the show. Black Diamond Sports is a global sports agency representing sports stars from around the world. For more information, you can visit their social media pages and their website, links to which are in the description and uh, the closing credits at the end of the show. And, uh, of course, a big thank you to the sponsors of today's show, uh, Dan Ralston and Bespoke Financial. Uh, Dan Ralston is giving away a free will worth £140 with any new policy which is taken out at the moment. So please check him out, give him a call, and don't miss out on this incredible offer. He's looked after Andy for various 
uh, with various policies over various years, including the critical illness, the injury cover. They are truly top of their field. They provide award-winning service, and uh, we are very proud to partner with such a top-class brand, and we thank them for sponsoring the show. There'll also be a little video ad later in the show from them. But uh, with no further delay, let's get into it. Uh, joining me as ever, the co-host with the most, the gold machine, some would say, the speed demon, the fox in the box. He is still the QPR dream killer, ex-Cardiff City and Middlesbrough striker, Davy Jones's favourite son, Mr Andy Campbell. Welcome, my friend. How are you? Good evening. Yeah, um, I'm really good, yeah. Uh, another Monday, another amazing guest. Another northeast guest, by the way. I know he's not based in the northeast, but we seen him uh, in terms of uh, podcasts and, uh, and shows. So it's uh, it's nice. At least I can understand them. That's, I think that's my, 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 my main point, Si. So it's, uh, it's going to be that's good. That's it, isn't it? Yeah, it's the thick Welsh yeah. accents you have trouble with, isn't it? I think, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Very excited to welcome tonight's guest. As you mentioned, another uh, another top top class guest, which very much looking forward to chatting with. He's a former Nottingham Forest, Hartlepool United, Nor Norwich City midfielder, among a host of other clubs, and of course a bona fide club legend at Gillingham. It is Mr. Nicky Southall. Welcome, Nicky. How are you, mate? Evening, guys. Good, thanks. Welcome. Great to have you on, Nicky. Uh, great to have you on. Like I just said there, Nick. That, um, I think that, that status of, of hero is branded about quite easily, you know what I mean? And so we've got someone on here who is a club hero and a legend because not many people, I know we're going to delve deep later on in, in, in careers and, and, and what you've achieved and, and where you've been and stuff, but to go back to the same football club three times, um, I think it was four times, but you, only, you, but you played there three times, you've gone back there, it's, you're obviously living up that, that side of the world now as well, so what's so special about it? What's, what was so special to you? Um, it just when I first moved down, it was um, obviously coming from the northeast. Come, uh, I moved from Grimsby Town, and I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't in the first team at the time because Alan Buckley just come back and he wanted his own players, so I was sort of uh, cast out a bit. And obviously, when Gilliam came in and I spoke to Paul Scally and Tony Pulis, I thought, thought of since like I felt wanted again, and um, and from that moment I just felt felt real love for the area and, and for the club. So we spoke about uh, about owners and things and uh, you've just mentioned somebody there, Paul Scully. He's taken a lot of stick in in a lot of people's eyes, you know what I mean? And handled things and, and clubs and stuff. And you know what? From an outsider looking in, I've seen the rejuvenation probably of, of, of Gillingham. You've seen how they were, how they, where they are now, you know what I mean? And, and owners have to take credit for this, you know what I mean? Because if it wasn't for fun foundations built, it wasn't for fundamentals Put in place as safe as they are right right at the stage, especially with COVID hitting. Um, and he needs to take huge credit for that, surely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, he, he bought. I think he bought the club for a pound all them years ago. And um, and when I turned up at, at, at the stadium, it, 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 I mean, it was all uh, open-sided um, uh, stands, uh, the dressing rooms, and uh, everything else. Uh, the, uh, the, the side of uh, the, the, the wages uh, people and everything it was just it was it was run down it wasn't nice you know and and he's turned it around he's built a lovely stadium there and, and it's obviously in the, in the middle of Gillingham there and uh, and from when I turned turned up to how it is now it's miles apart and, it's, and you've got to give him credit for that because 
he's actually he's done what he wanted and um, yeah he wanted to get to the next step when we got into the championship about uh, going into the Premier League and and when we went to Wembley with Man City and against Man City and uh, the Wigan finals we took like 50,000 fans there so there is the fan base is here and um, we just um, obviously we didn't get that um, look in, in trying to get into that next level I remember there was a um, uh, a share a share issues for fans to buy for shares into the club to try and raise money to move to a, to an even bigger stadium, but that never materialised. Or it still might be, you know, I haven't been back to the club in over a year, uh, a couple of years, so it still might be in, in, in the uh, in the running for it. It's a great, it's great um, to to know those sides. We, we've been, especially with the way that COVID hit certain teams and. Um, and the way that the clubs have been run previously, and it's just so refreshing for me to hear hear the good side of it, and and yeah, and, and the smaller clubs because um, people don't get enough credit. You know, what I mean, I'm quite lucky, Mickey. Obviously, you know, obviously where 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 Phil Gibson gets all his credit because he bought the club for a cheap, like you know what I mean? Because and he and, he, and he's put the club where it is now. But other other chairmen have done exactly the same thing. They just haven't got the publicity and they haven't got the the reputation. What goes with it? You know what I mean? Because they're not all out of the limelight some people name on things and be on the TV and things but some people like that and yeah. it doesn't make them bad people just because they tell people a story about what's happened and where they're from and um, and how much money they put in the club sometimes the story is just there to be told and um, I, I'm, I'm full of admiration for him I'm honestly totally, totally am and, um, and hopefully they're done but really really, really impressed it's nice yeah, to hear yeah, like um, go on Nicky go on mate sorry no I'm just exactly and they're having a, and they're having a decent season this year on the Steve Evans, you know, so on the verge of the playoffs, so you just never know they could sneak in. I've got six or seven games left to do with that, and um, obviously still watch out for the results uh, every week. Yeah, there's still, there's still there's still time, there's still time, and like you say, mate, it's uh, it's nice to hear some positive stories about chairman because, like you so often hear, and you know, I'm from Cardiff, we've had our fair share of uh, interesting. Characters, owners yeah. over the years, and uh, it's not always positive. So it is nice to hear um, something a bit more positive, shall we say? Um, so Nikki, what we'd like to do to start us off, mate, just to break the ice a bit, let the viewers get to know you a little bit, is uh, what we call the Magnificent Seven, which is just seven quick-fire questions, uh, and just say the first thing which comes to mind. Nothing, <coughs> too, too, nothing too strenuous to start us off. <laughs> Okay, uh, Nicky Southall, the Magnificent Seven. Nice and easy to start. Messi or Ronaldo? Ronaldo. Uh, Favourite TV show? Um, Only Fools and Horses. Classic. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Uh, I knew that was coming. That's too easy, Nicky. That's too easy. That's too easy. I've we'll literally been watching it in deeper. the last couple of weeks. I will dig, we'll dig a little bit deeper mm. on that on that question later on. Remind me in about 10 minutes. <laughs> I will. Oh, I will. I've been, uh, I've been re-watching them literally in the last couple of weeks. So I'm sort of halfway through all the specials now. Uh, next one. Next question is Hartlepool or Gillingham? Oh. Easy, that one, right? Easy question. Yeah, easy. There you go. Easy. There you go. Uh, Sod the pools. And this is uh, this is like a 
this is like a double double winded question i guess uh favorite and least favorite moment on a football pitch uh favorite moment was uh, getting promotion at wembley against uh Wigan second time uh after the year before when we got beat obviously against man city two and a up for five minutes of extra time uh at normal time we went to penalties and we, lo we lost on that but and that was my favorite moment and the worst moment is obviously the, the uh the year before when we were two 0 up against Man City and losing three two, with the uh, infamous uh, five minutes of ex uh, extra time in full time to be played, and uh, nobody ever seen that, and there's definitely never been five minutes of extra time. No, ah uh, yeah, that's interesting that to me. That is. I watched that game. That's really interesting to me yeah. though. That is that you had your least favourite moment, then the next season you had your favourite moment because obviously the goal which Andy is most famous for in Cardiff. Uh, obviously, the playoff final goal, which he scored to take us up the season before, and even maybe the season before that, Cardiff had fallen at the kind of last in the set. I think it was the playoff semis against Stoke, Stoke one yeah. year, and then mm. obviously the next year we finally got over the line. So then, the correlation to that really fascinates me. It's just how these things. I think end there's up loads. I, I think there's loads of players side because I spoke to. Um, uh, who is going to come on the show, by the way, Richard Langley. Uh, and Langer's did the same thing. So Langer's got obviously beaten this player final by us uh, for QPR against yeah. Cardiff City. Um, and then obviously signed for Cardiff City the season after. So sometimes the, it sometimes happens and it, it makes you hungry. It, for me, it makes you more hungry when you've had it. more desire and more hunger to go and get the positive out of out football because it, it, you want to go and do it again and again and again and again and, and make sure that that feeling doesn't stay with you for too long because... The good thing about football is it can be eradicated very quickly. Or not well, within a year, but it can be eradicated very quickly. Yeah, it's, it's like um obviously that that Man City game, it was like we were so down. Um and it was a huge game. We played ever so well. We didn't deserve it, in my opinion. Um no, we no, were no, doing no, it with like say five minutes of extra time. And um and obviously we'd made um we Got the strikers off as well to try and, 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 and shoe things up at the back. And once we went into extra time, we didn't have no strikers on the pitch, so we had to fiddle about. Mm. And we ended up getting through through the extra time and going into penalties. We were hanging on in the end, but yeah, so mm. that that was obviously a very yeah, disappointing moment. It's still have nightmares of it now. Dramatic, but a proud moment. But a, but a proud moment, though, Nick, to be involved in such a game, though, because it's it's a it's a it's quite a famous game, isn't it? You know what I mean? For many reasons, you look at the the Nicky Weavers of this world who, who, who came to a. Do you have to, to remind me that that's um, no? Sorry, I'm not. I'm not. 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 Not <laughs> in, by the way. But I, I'm, you know what I mean? It's, but it's a really famous game, isn't it? You know what I mean? There's so many games which probably spring to my mind that that like the the FA Cup final with Keith Houchins, that playoff final, um, Charity Shield games where Canton has got. You know what I mean? There's there's there's, there's certain moments yeah. in my life at Wembley which I remember for, for for various reasons, and that's one of them. And you know what I mean? It was it was I was gutted for you because obviously being a Middlesbrough lad, you you want those. You, I was desperate for you. Like, you know what I mean? You just you just know sometimes that it's just sometimes not meant to be. Yeah, we're massive underdogs, obviously, and massive uh, the, the clear favourites. And, and to play like we did, right, right, basically to the last. 95th minute when when uh, Paul Dickoff obviously got that equaliser it was obviously devastating. But um, yeah, yeah. So no, it's obviously good. Yeah, we won't uh, we won't remind you of that again tonight. Indeed. Um, <laughs> so the next question is: uh, Who's the best manager you've played under? 
best manager I've played under. I've played a few. Uh, I've got to say, Big Sam. I've got to say, uh, Big Sam Allardyce. He's uh, fantastic. Didn't leave any any stone unturned. Um, the knowledge and is all um, the sports science level just lifted me into another dimension of my football career. And uh, especially when I went into the Premier League at the age of 29, you very rarely get a chance again in the Premier League at the age of 29. And I went in there and he just taught me and, and, and educated me to, for a whole lifestyle changes, which helped me to play on to 39, which is a benefit, you know. Yeah, we've talked about. But we are going to talk about this later on, Sai. Yeah, but we've talked we about, about Sam because yeah, because obviously I I, I, I was there the season before when they got promoted. Things that I learned at a Championship club w- weren't happening in the Premier League at the time, and that's because of that man. You know, what I mean, that man yeah. brought so many things yeah, to English was, football, yeah. which you know what I mean. And do you know what? And and the amount of disrespect he gets about the way that his style of his play and the things that he does, but the sports science wouldn't be where it is. You know, what I mean, the amount of. Um, Formations, yeah. tactics, and and other other football and things that he brought to this country, you know, what I mean, wouldn't be there. And and and, exactly. and, 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 and I, yes, what happened to England wasn't great, but it, that's another yeah. story. No, it wasn't Sam Allardyce, the man, the manager, is amazing. Isn't man? You you got to think. I mean, when, when I was at Bolton, he, he brought JJ Kotcher in. He brought um, um, Yuri Jokic in. He brought Jokic, uh, Freddie Bobic, yeah. uh, Freddie Bobic. You know, it's like Bruno Ingotti who scored. A winning goal in the Champions League final for I think it was uh, Marseille. Uh, yeah. So like these characters and these players are coming in, and and he and he's, he just gets so much bad press in terms of the way he plays. These mm. these players would grace any any top teams in the top four now. Yeah, he bring him in though, side, did he? He didn't just bring him in. He, he got he got the he best. Got out him, of he made them better. He made him better, I, I, which is just yeah, unbelievable, yeah. isn't it? You know what I mean? It's just absolute madness. You know, and not just yeah, Campo, and not just that as well. You know, obviously, I've seen uh, Michael Rickett and Michael then came to Middlesbrough. Michael came to Middlesbrough under a different yeah. manager, and Michael was a different player because he didn't have Sam to uh, to help him out. He didn't have Sam to advise him. Sam got the best out of Michael Ricketts. Nobody else got a tune out of Michael Ricketts like Sam did. Nobody. Yeah, hundred percent. Agree with that. I agree. His man management was absolutely oh, first class. Super, super. It was the Spanish player who had like the like sort of dreadlocks. Type Ivan Campo. Pair. That's the one. I couldn't remember Campo, his name. Yeah. But anyway, he's Real, a quality Real player. Madrid. He was a like, Real Madrid. Real Madrid. Yeah. <laughs> Madness. But I think uh, I think big big Samsung got the back back four though. <laughs> he wasn't having these uh, oh, yeah. turns on the edge of the box. He put no. him in defensive midfielder and he was just totally different. No. It's unbelievable on the ball, do you mean? Yeah, they, yeah. Uh, that squad he assembled was just unbelievable. Um, okay, last last two questions. Uh, angriest teammate you've ever played with? Uh, it's got to be Andy Hessenthal. <laughs> hasn't he come up before, Andy? Someone else has said him, I'm sure, I'm sure they have. Uh, it's, it's rightly so as well. Like you know, I've 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 only came across Andy um, as a, a playing against him, and for me, it's that it's that born mentality, it's that winner. You know what I mean? That winner inside him. But he he just galvanizes everybody around him. But it, it depends how it comes across. You know, if you if you it, it, I like it because it's just gets the passion best for winning. It's just a passion well, for it winning. Well, it is, and you know, yeah. and, and Nicky, yeah. you know what I mean? I know we're going to talk about coaching later on, but when you've got a manager who wants to win. 
just as much as uh, as everybody else. It gives you so much more desire, yeah. and it's just it, it, it just sure, reflects yeah. off everybody else, and just it just it's so much better. But you did know, you? For me, it's fantastic. Uh, Andy, did you play that game when he uh, he actually was player manager and got he got uh, sent into the stands at Cardiff? He was. I think I think He named himself. He named himself on the bench. And yeah, the, yeah. The fourth, he had to go to the fourth official, and he got sent off. Yeah, the yellow card sent off the stands. <laughs> then he was getting, he's getting dogs, dogs abuse off the Cardiff fans. So he ran back down, put himself on, <laughs> put himself on, then got a yellow card. <laughs> so he actually got a yellow card. That's a, and he didn't that's get a good day. Off. That. That's a good day. That. That's a good, good day in the it. office. That. Good day in the we, office. We were five 0 um, down though, at the time. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a that's a story to tell the grandkids. That isn't it? That's a great Too story. Weird. That yeah, oh, I like that one. Yeah. Um, and then a the final question. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the uh, the final question, Nikki, uh, which is one of my favourites always, and uh, it is, in your opinion, who is the greatest Englishman who's ever lived? It doesn't have to be football related, but uh, who springs to mind? That's a. Uh... Winston Churchill. That's a hat trick. I had that one. Three in a row, I, I, yeah. yeah, I think I named. Uh, I think I named mine. And, and you know what? Especially, yeah. it's quite apt at the minute with what's going on in the world, and especially what's going on in this country. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think. Um, I think it's nice to remember Traffic. people mm. who've had such an impact and stuff. And if it wasn't for, and I keep on referring to this, if it wasn't for people putting mm. things in place for this country, none of this would be possible. Cliation, uh, really sad, but it's, it's true. In this trip, should we uh, yeah, exactly. should we slip this, slip this question in now quickly? Um, just sorry to interrupt you. I'll slip yeah, this one in. Um, Reese says, uh, uh, as soon as you mentioned it, how was Ninian Park to play as an away <coughs> player? Uh, very loud and daunting, especially. Um, yeah, what's for us? Along that, um, the far side opposite dugout, I just remember the, the hardcore uh, Cardiff was there. If you if you went and got the ball from their fans, you just got abused, spat at, and everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you were winning, do you me? But that, that um, I just remember that uh, that portion of the ground was really intimidating. And as a player, you you sort of like didn't want to go to that area of the pitch. It's scary though, Nicky, that, that, that certain grounds have um, are notorious for having intimidating fans. You know that I that, that, that obviously that question always gets brought up with me about about where's the person, where's the play den, and I, I never played at the old den. I'm quite glad because that was that probably would have been worse yeah. than the new one. But I never played um, there. I'm glad. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm I'm glad. I watched obviously some videos and DVDs and things. What my dad showed me, but the new den was horrible. I remember being subbing and warming up and stood there, and I think I turned around one. Um, when I say young, he's probably twenty. He's probably similar age than I was at the time, yeah. and I'm not being funny. He scared me that much. I went back in the dugout and sat down. I was—I just didn't want to warm up. I, yeah. He frightened me to death, and I was just like, "This, this isn't how football was supposed to be," you know. That, yeah. um, you know what I mean? Obviously, the toll was quite notorious, and the fans were quite yeah. hostile with each other. The Cardiff fans weren't allowed many fans, and they were writing the gods at the new den. And it was—it wasn't a nice game, to be honest. It was very hostile, well, very um, intimidating, and um, yeah, it wasn't happy. Gillingham Millwall sort of got a, like because it's sort of like a rivalry as well, a big rivalry. And whenever I played at the New Den, it's I remember one from one uh, game just in the warm up, 
just you know as you're doing your warm up running side to side on pitch I just remember looking up and there was hardly any fans in there there was just a few fans just looking up and there was a couple of Millwall fans and as you stood there stretching off I just remember staring at him and he kept doing that to me and I was, every time I looked at him every time he just kept doing that I was, I just thought that. Jesus. I was I was really paranoid I <laughs> 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 like get me out of here dear me. every time I turned around even like I was the other side of the pitch I looked up and he just kept going like, oh, Jesus but, uh, but it's yeah, intimidating though, got, you know what I mean because fans have a fans have a <laughs> celebrate anywhere near though did you <laughs> it was that end as well I ran to the side love that love that. that um, right, so what we're going to do now, for the first time in a few weeks actually, we're going to do some any other business where we uh, talk a couple of football stories from uh, over the weekend and there's a couple of doozies, so let's, uh, let's have a little chat about that. Any other business, which one do you want to start on Andy? Um, do you know? Sorry, do you know we've just uh, do you know we've just been on about Sam Allardyce that West that obviously a few people have put in the group chat that I didn't know West Brom played, but West Brom beat Southampton three 0 Did they? Indeed, yeah, they were a bit of a roll, didn't they? Yeah, two 0 up. Three 0 three 0 So they've given they've given themselves a given themselves a, a small Sweet. glimmer of chance to stay up now. Yeah, which is which is good news. Sorry, Sorry, Well, here we go. Yeah. I'll tell you someone. Uh, I tell you, someone who's not given themselves a very good chance, and that's Spurs. Uh, their chances of top four are slipping away drastically. But did you know uh, that their loss yesterday means they've lost 18 games from losing positions in the last year? That I just like for a top team. That is an astounding stat, and you just can't do that. And can you? Do you know what I mean? Like to lose that many games from a winning position is uh, frightening. For a Jose no, no, totally, team as well. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, to- totally agree. I just, I, lo- I look at the last few games where they've, where they've drawn against Newcastle, and obviously the the, the game it wasn't great. You know what I mean? I listened to where uh, Jamie Redknapp, um, the way that he was talking after the game about um, Jose's team normally defends really well and 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 and, bre- and plays on the break, and but when they're not doing that and they don't attack in numbers and they're not very good to watch, then what does you know? I'm not saying he's no he's no good. By the way, this isn't a slate on on the manager, but. I want to watch a game and be excited. I, I, I wasn't excited watching them yesterday. You know what I mean? He, he brought Gareth Bale on when they were getting beat 2-1. Yeah, what's the point? You know what I mean? Just don't bring him on. If you're going to bring him on, give him an opportunity at one all. Give him an opportunity at half-time. Give him an opportunity. Bringing on a, a world-class footballer with seven minutes to go, ten minutes to go is disrespectful in my eyes. And I just think um, it's probably, for me, it's ever since they got beat by Dynamo Zagreb that things yeah. have gone south and gone sour for him. Well, he, I think was he's, that he's the one when he blamed the players? Now. Uh, yeah, the but the, uh, well, well, there were two. They were 2-0 up in the first leg, and they got beat three 0 and the lad got a hat trick. So, um, Nicky, what's your thoughts on um, on 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 what Mourinho, what he brings to the table? Has he has his formula lost impact on clubs since the or Porto? Yeah, can I just, I just think, quickly uh, ask you both a question? I'm really sorry, Nicky, to interrupt you there. I just wanted to ask because I want to put this question in with what Andy said. Do you think some of the issue with Jose Mourinho is that he hasn't evolved the way other managers have as football's changed over the last few years? I feel like he's still trying to play the same setup that he was when he was at Chelsea and at Porto. 
and he hasn't quite evolved the same way that a Pep or or other managers have. Sorry, I just wanted to slip that in with Andy's carry on. Just yeah, just for me personally, I think he's he's playing like especially along that back line. He's playing slip eggs and round doors, you know. I mean, he's playing uh, Eric Dyer in there, but Eric Dyer's a, a sitting midfielder by his by his natural trade, and to, he's put him in there, and he, he he's he's balanced with uh, is it Sanchez as well? Uh, yeah. he's playing him one week, and he's just mixing that. Um, especially, you know, it's like the the heart of uh, any. Any decent football teams is you, your two centre backs. That's strength, and you can't win games if you ain't got that that uh, that strength, from in, especially across that back line. You know it. So for me, that needs adjusting massively. If he's to, uh, especially for next season, if he's, if he's likely to be there, you know, he needs to look at that um, and get get real defenders in. I know he got the boy from Swansea in there, didn't he? Uh, but again, yeah, Rond- uh, R- Rodon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's he's inexperienced at this level, you know, and um, he just needs a proper old-fashioned, um, experienced Premier League centre half there, you know. And this is where he's got Sam, you know, he's got he's got Alderweireld on the bench yesterday, which um, you know what I mean. Nicky's just said there you've got you've got a young player there, you know what I mean, 23 year old. He's just left the Championship last year, and he's been thrown into the Premier League in some. High-pressure games, big in Europe this year. The Spurs can't afford to not win something. They've got a, a cup mm. final coming up. They've got they've got other games coming up. They've had they've had um, Euro, Europa League games. They've had big big Premier League games. They've they've massively underachieved because they've been ahead and they've and they've given goals away. You know, I mean, you look at the best side players. Every time they go ahead, I expect them to not lose. You know what I mean? They, they can give an odd goal away, but they should win more often than they don't. 18 times they've been ahead and they still lose those games. That's scary for a Mourinho side because the way Mourinho defends, yeah, exactly. I've never seen a Mourinho, a Mourinho team defend poorly and just look all over the place. And that's just, like you said, experience. You need someone to grab it by the scruff of the neck. They've got an experienced goalkeeper. You need your spine of your team. You've got an experienced centre forward. You've got an experienced goalkeeper. You, you do. Experienced centre half and midfielder, and that's your die, and a, and a centre half, and you, and you should be fine. Yeah. If you're, if you're, um, if you're Harry Kane, Andy, and you're stood there up front looking at that back line, you know what I mean? You, you're going to be going mentally in the dressing room. You've got some good men there. These, these are world class players. Gareth Bale, get your best players on the pitch at this time of the season. In the biggest totally games, agree. get your best players. Uh, Totally agree, but then, then tinkering, you know. Yeah, totally agree. I didn't, I didn't. That point, side. We spoke about uh, Harry last week. That if you're Harry Kane now, when you're seeing what's going on in next season, surely your you, your aspirations are far greater. You've got Man City looking for a centre forward. You've got Man United looking for a centre forward. Well, you've got Liverpool potentially looking for a centre forward. You're not staying there. If you stay Chelsea, there, you you'd, Chelsea, you'd have to yeah. thought. You'd stupid that well, thought. Yeah, you stupid that thought. Here's a question for you, and. He would have been in that playing in that game yesterday. The second half, United were all over him like a rash. He's looking at Cavani playing extremely well with all these quick, uh, skillful players around him, and he knows Cavani is likely leaving. Surely he's got to look at that and at least consider: Do I want to play with those attacking players week in week out? Oh, totally agree. Totally he's agree. To like, you look at the goal. You, you, you look at his. You look at his diving header. You know what I mean? It, Greenwood didn't even look. He just put a ball yeah. in the area because he knew his centre forward was going yeah. to be in the six-yard box. And where was where was he? You know, Harry Kane would see goals a season yeah. in a team like that because he'd have he'd have a lot. He wouldn't even need to run around. He'd just get the ball in the box yeah. where he wants I'd, it, and he'd score yeah. goals. Yeah. For me personally, I just love watching Cavani's movement. 
You know what it's I mean? unbelievable, just isn't it? watching yeah, his excellent. movement in, in that box. As an up-and-coming striker, just sit there and watch his videos. Uh, you know, and you can't go wrong in that. Uh, for his movement, his experience, he drops it in the box, he's onto it, his, um, his levels of anticipation is like far greater than like, any players that I've seen in, in recent years. Hmm. For someone of his age, Nicky, as well, though, and his desire yeah. to still work hard at 34, you know what I mean? He's, he, doesn't, he, doesn't just, he doesn't just save his energy, by the way. He runs himself in the ground, you know what I mean? And he's, he's 34 year old, mm. just turned 34, and he's sure the Greenwoods and sure all these players that, that he's, the, he's the main man and he wants to go and play, you know what I mean? Took his, took his time to, to settle in, of course he did, mm. and, um, but he was always going to, you know what I mean? Because he's, he's gone in there. And, he, and he's going to make them players better as well. PSD when he wasn't playing. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. What well, he did to the, the, the Greenwoods Rash- and the Rashford. Rashford's going to get better. Yeah, totally agree. Really? And, they'll, and they'll look better because of they can have somebody who's a, who's a focal point and the speed around them. They're, they're looking million dollars now. You know what I mean? They've got a real opportunity to mm-hmm. be successful because they've got a, well, I say it on pegs and square rolls and they've got, their, they've got the right yeah. person. Exactly. You know I mean? they've, got, they've got it. They've got it. And, you know what I mean? Man United, but Man United have always had it. You know what I mean? And, mm. and they, they lost their way is, when, they, yeah. when they had it taken away. And this is what I don't get with uh, Liverpool. You know, they, they had that front three last year, and like Firmino, for me, he, he's the link of that of that team. You know, he does so much on, on uh, uh, like defending from the front, his uh, defensive headers in his own box, some set pieces. <laughs> Everything goes through me. He, he links up play really well, and like for not starting him in these big games as well, it's like crazy. I just don't get what, what you know. He, Get the best players on the pitch for me. Yeah, hundred percent. Anyway, um, last thing on Spurs quickly. Craig just asked the question: Has Deli Ali gone backwards because of Jose, or have Spurs gone backwards because of players like Deli Ali not performing? What do you think, And? Um, I think you've got. I think you've. I think you've got to. You've got to look at um, the managers. Have they put the reins on someone like Delhi? Have they told him that he's got to adapt his game? Does he go forward as much as he used to? Is he told to um, adapt his game and be more defensive? For me, he used to be someone who used to be in that ten role. He'd go left, he'd go right, he'd create things, he'd bomb on, he'd go and score goals, he'd make something happen. Spurs making things happen. So for me, I think it's. Um, I think I don't think you can. You can't just blame the manager as well. By the way, the players also got to have the determination, the the desire to still want to be a player and play for Spurs. And you know, what I mean, I don't think I don't think the manager and the player they match each other. I don't think that some players and managers don't 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 like each other. And for me, from an outsider looking in, they don't look like they uh, they work well together personally. No. Yeah, for for me as well. Um, Deli Ali was the ten who was always looking for Harry Kane who was on his shoulders. Now. It's Harry Kane dropping into ten, looking for Son on the shoulders, yeah. and for me, um, again, where do you want Harry Kane? You want him in the box. You don't want him yes. dropping deep in there. Yeah, he's had he's had the assists this that and the other, but he's a goal scorer. He's a natural goal yeah. scorer. Get him in the box. Get him in the six yard box. Get other people to do that work. And Deli totally Ali again. Totally agree. If he, he's he's obviously just doesn't suit Mourinho's eye. You know, for me, I'd have him in the team. Him and Gareth Bale all day long. Yeah, um, John there has just asked, uh, what are your thoughts on the Son incident and the goal being disallowed in that United game? Um, 
it's not a foul, in my opinion. You know what I mean? You, 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 I watched, I watched the goal. I watched the game. I watched the interviews. I watched Solskjaer what, later on where he said, "For me, you run around with your arms in the air." You know what I mean? And 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 sometimes you're gonna hit somebody in the face with a flailing arm. It's just natural. It's gonna happen. You don't mean it. You know what I mean? There's a difference between hitting someone with your hand or your forearm and smashing someone with an elbow. You know what I mean? That's different. I think VAR should never have stopped it. Um, Son didn't need to stay down as long as he did. I think there were so many wrong things with it. Um, mm. But then also wrong with it is um, Solskjaer's interview after. He didn't need to be critical of the player. You don't slag other people up. You don't slag other people's players. Say things about um, not feeding your kids and stuff like that, which I found uh, I found tongue in cheek. But then when Marino mm. made a big thing of it, it just makes a whole mockery of the conversation. Mm. And then Marino, Marino is really clever, in my opinion. Marino deflected the game and the result and the performance away back on Solskjaer's yeah. family, Excuses, which, which is which is clever. But the fact of the matter was, for me, it wasn't a free kick. I seen I've seen loads of incidents over the weekend. Um, there was a. There was an elbow. Um, was it? Was it? Was it Fulham? Was it the Fulham game as well, where the ref just walked into something? I think it might have been Triori, and um, mm. and because of size difference, sometimes that happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? What's it, the point in VAR though? In, if, you, if the referee checks it, like the ref checked both instances, like it, it baffles me, man. Honestly, I just like Jonathan Walters made a really interesting tweet earlier, and he said, uh, basically to paraphrase, he basically said, VAR isn't the problem, it's the people using VAR who are making decisions like that which are making it problematic. It was just, I don't know, I thought it was a soft decision, but um, I want to move on to the to the next story um, and that was Grimsby's Stefan Payne was sent off for headbutting a teammate <laughs> Uh, uh, at the end of I'm the not, first half, to the point the referee had to chase him down the tunnel to send him off. Um, Nicky, have you ever witnessed anything like that? Um, not on the pitch, no, but obviously the Stefan Payne. Uh, I know Stefan really well because we signed him when I was a junior okay. with uh, Andy, and uh, it doesn't surprise me. He, he, he is an angry <laughs> man at times. <laughs> <laughs> he could have a row with himself in a telephone box, but. Um, but he, he listen. Actually, emotions. He wants to win. Um, um, obviously, something's been said. Um, he's, he's either not tracked back, or he, he's not done something. Something was said, and he's just reacted. No, and, um, the only time I've ever seen it was with um, uh, Lee Boyer, wasn't it? Was it Lee Boyer? Newcastle yeah, and, uh, and Kieran Dyer. Kieran Dyer. Kieran Dyer was it? Yeah, that's the only incident I've really seen of, of that. You know. But that happened. That happened on the, the pitch, team. though. But that happened on the pitch. Apparently, I, I've only read, I, I read the story as much as I could yesterday. I read it in two different um, platforms. One was a paper and one was just a, a, a report on the website. Um, this incident didn't happen on the pitch. This incident happened off the pitch. So if it happens off the pitch, are you still in is he still entitled to get a red card? I, I'm, I don't know. I, I, I must be... It was at the end of the half that. as well, wasn't it? You. Yeah, no, but as long as, as, long yeah, as it happens on the field of play, yeah. it's still... A but it's, if it's if it's down the tunnel and it's in the dressing room, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the rules are. I'll, I'll be honest. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I, don't I think know. you can. I think you can get sent off. If, if I mean, uh, we've all played in teams that have with been trouble down tunnels, and if you if you get called out by one of the officials, I think you can still get yellow card and sent off. It's just it's, it's serious foul play, isn't it? You know. Yeah. Just you, it, it's it's not good because obviously 
there's still cameras are still rolling um, streamed live isn't it yeah. now at um, um, especially now with the pandemic and everything so there's people watching so it's just an unsavory incident and I, you probably obviously regret it you know if we're going to get a fully free game ban um, and especially in Grimsby's position they need all their players on that field at the minute yeah, 100%. I think they turned around after the game sign said that he doesn't think he's going to play for the club again. Wow, uh, really? Which, yeah, I, I'm not sure if that's the right or the wrong thing to say. I think at this minute, you know what I mean? For me, Nicky just said it there. Grimsby are in a, in, a, in a position where they need the best players on the pitch. They need, well, need the players on the pitch um, if they're not careful. So for me to, to not play a player, yeah. I'd play him. And, I, and I'd play him for this reason because he's got a point to prove. If anyone's going to get them out of it now, It'll be Stephen Payne because he owes that club a, a massive, massive favour to get them out of it because of what's happened this week. So, for me, I'd play him every, all day um, long. Andy, so before yeah, we move agree, on to that I, final... I totally agree with that, Andy. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll get reaction from it. Yeah, 100%. Sorry. Before we move on to the final story, about uh, pretty much everybody in the chat has asked the same question um, to either one of you or both of you. And it's, uh, and it's basically a combination of have you ever wanted to headbutt a teammate an opposing player, a manager, uh, or have you ever witnessed it in changing rooms or fights? But just a combination of all those questions. Andy, have you ever wanted to headbutt a, a manager or <laughs> or um, listen? There's there's, um, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a few there's a few people there's a few people who um, who I would have uh, yeah. Listen, it's about it's it's. It's so easy to, to, to probably do it. It's harder to not do it. You know what I mean? Listen, Dave Jones is notorious that we had a massive fallout in his office, that um, things were said between us both. Um, and and, it, and it, wasn't, it wasn't a nice situation for us both to be in. But there was times on the pitch, obviously, one of the, well, my only red carpet card of City, we, we, I got sent off for, um, uh, I ended I up hitting. Story. Um, I, I, obviously, we played Crystal Palace away at Sellers Park. Um, we, we were getting beat. We were getting beat one nil, one nil or two nil, and um, there was loads of them. Crystal Palace were winding Willie Ball and up. Willie, Willie lost his temper. Willie got sent off. So obviously, Willie, Willie and I were best mates. So I went over to try and calm things down, and all of a sudden, I just got a slap across the face by uh, Sean Derry. So I just lost. I just seen red mist straight away, and I was, I was throwing punches trying to get. Sudden, I, I got the red card, and I just. It was only when I got the red card that I just calmed down. I just saw. I just. I just couldn't believe that I'd let me let everybody down. I got in a, in such a, uh, horrible position that I just. I just lost the plot for about five, six, ten seconds, and, and that was it. And I regretted every. Ball. There's no worse time, Nick, is there, that you're what in the changing room sat. No, normally on your own. I was quite lucky because me and Willie were laughing until until the manager came in, and then it wasn't funny. Uh, but obviously that he was laughing at me, and I was probably a little bit upset and laughing at myself that I'd let everybody down and. Um, and stuff, but now there's no waiting in the change and waiting for that final whistle on the players to come in because it's just it's the worst, of the worst. I, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Don't do it. It's not big, and it's not clever. Absolutely, there's not, there's not, no, there's nothing worse as well. Getting sent off and you're in that, you get sent off and you're in that dressing room, and about two minutes later, you hear the crowd, the home crowd roaring. Oh, yeah, that's what happens. That's what happens. It's nothing worse. That's what happens. Yeah. And, uh, and then the manager coming the, in after because move on with that question. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, we'll talk us through that third story that you wanted to touch on as well, mate. 
Um, obviously, yeah. So I watched. Uh, yeah, I watched uh, another another football game yesterday, and it was uh, Leicester City playing West Ham United. And and after the game, I was watching uh, Brendan Rodgers, um, Why Madison, um, and a couple of other players weren't playing. And um, and he was very honest that he he said that he dropped these three players because of the broke COVID rules. They had a party in the house. Um, but it's okay. They're going to be available next week for selection in the game. And I, honestly, I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing because these footballers um, and Nicky will tell you now. You obviously been a um, been involved in football now on a day to day basis. Footballers now are so lucky. They're in such a privileged position to be where they are and to to to, be, to have the lifestyle they've got the, to to play football with. And to break the rules now in a stage of the season like the, like like they did to let their team down, to let their fans down, to let themselves down, the manager down, everybody down. I just think it's absolutely just outrageous. And then for the manager to say they're not playing today, but they're all right to play next week, I just don't understand. Yes, they haven't got COVID, and yes, they haven't been with anybody who's got it. But they've they broke rules. You know what I mean? There's got to be. They don't get fined, and it's just. I'm not wanting these lads to, to lose money. By the way, I just want them to realise and, and, and understand that they're in such a privileged position, and they're really lucky to to, to still be. Other countries, football was voided. Um, you know what I mean, and 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 they just they just need to understand that um, the people would give their left arm at the minute to go and watch a football game, and and they're letting everybody down. And they've certainly let people down again, and and hopefully, like we just said there about uh, about they all three play next week, and they give Leicester City fans a reaction and the players a reaction because um, they deserve to run through a brick wall for that football club after letting them down this week because. Obviously, the big game yesterday was the West Ham game. They got they got B three two, so it had an effect there. And it'll have, yeah, enough for me. I, 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 it annoys me because um, we all make mistakes, but you can't keep on making them. Other people make them and continue and copy. So it's you know, I mean, you can't keep doing it. Yeah, yeah, and this not first, first, uh, cleverly. Uh, Go on, Nick. Obviously, we're going to uh, touch on what you said there, Andy. No, it's just, you said we were on England duty, you know, recently got sent back. Um, you just can't do it. You're a little bit, uh, you have a bit more professionalism about yourself. And, uh, you've got to think about people are really struggling with mental health and everything else through these times. And if you go out and, uh, and, and, and organise a it's, it's just ridiculous. You are letting yourself, your family and, and your teammates down and your manager, the fans, the whole club really. And... They could do with their feelings on there, you know, because the first Champions League spots, that could be the difference come the end of the season. So for the Champions League or not, you know, and um, that could cost the club millions in, in revenue. Yeah, I totally agree. I think uh, careful that these kind of uh, these kind of decisions by players, you know what I mean? Will uh, Will Gareth Southgate look at this decision in the summer? Will he, Will he, Will that stop Madison getting the players in the Euros, for example, because you've got Jesse Lingard scoring two goals? These, Madison's giving other players an opportunity to impress. You know what I mean? Like Bad the other day, uh, and like Jack Grealish coming back. You know what I mean? For me, don't give a manager an opportunity not to pick you. Don't give a manager an opportunity not to play you on a Saturday. You know what I mean? Just go with it. It's a short career. It's a short season. Exactly. Go and enjoy the summer if you don't get selected for the for the for the Euros and go on holiday and go and do what you want. Go and break as many rules as, as you think you can do in the summer. But don't do it when mm. when, when there's when there's fans who aren't allowed to go exactly. to stadiums and mental health out there. And it's just. Not for me. Yeah. You've got two or three months to go and get yourself in that England team to be maybe a part of something special in the Euros and, and the World Cup's coming up. I mean, 
give yourself a chance. <laughs> he could be an absolute a household hero if you put that uh, that winning goal in the Euros. <laughs> you know, someone like Madison on the pitch could be the team. Greenish, all these players. Uh, and he's just got to be, like I say, don't involved a bit. He's you know, and obviously more professional. And because we are in a public eye, and you got to do this, you know. And, um, for me, it's mm. it's crazy, and they know they probably will get they probably will get fined, I would imagine. And but these players now these days are that rich; it doesn't hurt them no more. Yeah, to, uh, I, I totally agree. Because that, 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 that was one of my points that I was going to make to you that. Um, that obviously you're involved in football and the difference between the, the money what's involved at Premier League level, Championship level, obviously the money coming out in and out of the Premier League with parachute money and stuff. How 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 does it or doesn't it affect players, you know what I mean? Because money's not a, money's not the driving force anymore, is it? You know what I mean? Because that they don't care the win, lose or draw. They don't care about making a mistake. They don't care about not getting an England squad where before it used to hurt. Defeats used to hurt. You know what I mean? Because it was years ago, back in the day, it used to be win bonuses. So we used to used to want to win because you can earn more money by days. Win, lose or draw, you're still picking up 90, 100, 150 grand a week. Where before it was, I used to be buzzing getting a win bonus in my pay packet because it used to be, it used to book your money, it used to book your wages up and you used, used to enjoy getting it. Where nowadays it's just, it, money's not an object and money's not, a, money's not anymore to go and play it well. Yeah, exactly. And this is where player power now is just taking over. You know, you look at Ozil over the last few years and, and Aubameyang at the minute. It's Arsenal doing what he's doing in terms of, you know, discipline, not doing enough for training. But, but you, these players, you can't find them because it's not hurting them. And the only way to do it is drop them. And, but then you're dropping your captain, your best players. Um, but then the players in that dressing room... In, within that squad at Arsenal or wherever it is, they've got to stamp down on it because that's how it used to be our dress in dress rooms years ago. The players used to used to um, manage that dressing room. Any players stepped out of it, it got sorted. The manager didn't tend to find out because we we nip it in the bud. It got sorted in the dressing room, how it should be. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. So si, we spoke about this, haven't we? You know what I mean about uh, about players. You know what I mean, Cardiff City. If it wasn't for Cav, you know what I mean. Cav used to. Cav used to demand excellence from everybody, you know what I mean? Everyone would be on time. If you weren't on time, he'd deal with it, you know what I mean? He'd deal with it in the right way. You know, Around your house, he'd tell you you're out of order. Um, he'd, he'd pick it up by the scruff of your neck, you know what I mean? But he'd praise you when there was there to be praised. And, and I just think managers sometimes, the good managers, don't need to be there on a daily basis. They don't need to run teams, you know what I mean? They're there to, to do the right stuff. They're there to pick the teams. They're there to, on match days and stuff. Like you said there, the Aubameyangs, the other players, for me, they're, they're role models as well. You've got young kids here who want to be aspirational footballers. They want to they want to grow up and be a professional yeah. footballer. Well, I want to be a footballer, a professional footballer, but I don't have to turn up for training because Aubameyang doesn't go to training, so I don't want to go to such a, a real bad attitude and a, and a ignorance about about where he was years ago and where he is now. You know what I mean? Because, yes, he was a world-class superstar playing for Borussia Dortmund, but Arsenal have made him to another level. You know what I mean? And I mean into a... Into a worldwide name, into yeah, a there, you know what I mean. Yeah. So he needs to understand where he was and where he's gone. You know what I mean? Because yes, he might not want to be there anymore. He might want to go to a different country. He might want to go to the sun. He might want to go yeah. go and sign for somebody else. But I've have respect for the Arsenal fans. I've respect for the club. Could you imagine it? Have respect for the players who are in your team. Yeah, exactly. 
could you imagine him doing that if Roy Keane was in that dressing room or whatever? You know what I mean? It wouldn't, it wouldn't happen. happen. Or Steve wouldn't Bruce happen. or what? They just, it just wouldn't happen. Wouldn't happen. And, and this, yeah, wouldn't happen. I'm saying like Alex Ferguson, like the golden era of these uh, the young players. He didn't have to manage that. Roy Keane managed that dressing room, not Alex Ferguson. Mm. And I think that's where uh, that's where the, the 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 teams like the Arsenal's and the Spurs they let themselves down a little bit because one about span of the teams about leaders you know what I mean that you looked at you look at Arsenal years ago um, about the leaders they had the Tony Adams you know what I mean the Man United's they had they had the same thing um, Bulls, Liverpool yeah. had it with, with Bruce you know what I mean? Liverpool had it with 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 with, with the Ruddicks as well and and, uh, and, Alan and, and all those guys you know Alan Hansons even going yeah. back years and. You know what I mean? Now Arsenal, they've got no leaders in the team anymore. They've got no spine of the team. No. You know what I mean? Everyone's a nice football. Everyone's an eating time. No. But there's no real winners. There's no real leaders agree in, with that, that. In, that, in that group. And you know what I mean? And 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 it's such a shame. And it's letting them down. You know what I mean? And the managers took all. Yes, he's got a good pedigree. Yes, he's got potential. But he's never going to succeed at that club while he's still got players who don't want to be there and don't really want to don't really want to play for the club. You know what I mean? He's got a he's got a huge job in sorting that club out. But. Will he be given time? Because he left a he left a massive opportunity in Man City. By the way, he would have probably had for life. By the way, because he would have, he could have worked with Pep forever, and he would have looked the best assistant manager in the world. Where now he's put himself in a in a tough situation. Yeah. And which, he would have, um, if yeah, he's not exactly. careful, he would he's probably got the job as well, Andy. Hmm. Yep, totally agree. Totally time. Uh, how to be, would have how to be Pep and, yeah, yeah, totally agree. And it's such a shame, though, isn't it? Because he's 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 he's, he's gone to a club who he's who he fell in love with. He's gone to gone to a club who who um who he's got an aspiration for. Who he's who he's had a who he's had a good career with. But for me, he's getting let down by players. Fans love him. You know what I mean? He's starting to hear hear a few murmurs because the. Obviously, the Europa League result the other day and a few Premier League results, but yeah. that's down to players. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's players, 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 and unfortunately, you know, I mean, all the, all the comments in the group chat there are, are negative about money. Is are all right picking the money up? Yeah. Are they all right putting you know, the work in? Donna yeah. made a great point about Fergie there. She said one of the reasons why Fergie was such a legend was he wasn't afraid to sell players, no matter how big they were, if they stepped out of line in whatever way. He sold Jeb Stan, he sold Roy Keane. It didn't matter who Roy. you were. Mm. It, yeah, didn't matter. And like, in fact, he mm. sold Van Nistelrooy when Van Nistelrooy was still by name. David Beckham. He sold Pogba when Pogba was a youngster. Mm. You know, highly rated youngster at that. But he didn't like his attitude and there was a few other things. He sold him. Like, And, the, you know, the list is endless. And I think... That meant that that kept other players in line, didn't it? Because if if you're seeing the likes of all those players we just mentioned being sold, then you know that if you step out of line, then you're you're going to be sold as well. So you've got to make sure that you're doing everything you know that you should be doing. Um, yeah, it's difficult. I think it is. I think it is more difficult for managers in uh, in twenty twenty one, just because of social media and the amount of money the players get paid. But, like, Arsenal are suffering long-term damage because they're not dealing with these issues that they're having with certain players. And, like, they have to address it because, you know, they a few years ago, Arsenal were happy with just getting a top four position. Like, mm. are they going to now, in a couple of years, be happy to just get top six? Like, how, how, how long do they let the slide continue before they, you know, they say, right, enough's enough, we need to address it? Business, aren't we? And the results surely have got to dictate how 
if he keeps his job. You know what I mean? I'm not saying he's, he's doing a bad job, but he's got Europa League. He's got an opportunity to do well in that, but they're drawing one all. They've got an away goal against him. They've got to they've got to get in the Champions League or they've got to get in the Europa League. They've got to they've got to failed, and at the minute they're not going to get in any with the with the way that things are going. Yeah, spot on, mate. Um, Nicky, what was your what's like yeah, your sorry, very first what's your very first football memory like that your earliest football memory? What was the the first time you remember falling in love with the game? Uh, the first uh, is uh, going to Worsham Park, obviously being Borough lads and with uh, obviously Andy um, watching watching for enough um, Middlesbrough play Liverpool, and um, I was I think five year old. That was my first ever game. I was just hooked on that. I was just watching. Ray, I just I was just fixed with watching Ray Clemens in goal and like just sat behind where he was and and uh, I think it was one one that game. We drew one one and. Uh, from that moment, I just that was me. The atmosphere was amazing. I was just I, I sat just above uh, I don't know the old chicken run at um, at uh, yeah. Spa. Just in, yeah. Funny, Nicky, because we had uh, we had uh, Bishy on last week, and um, um, and obviously we spoke about going to Wesson Park and you know, it held so many good memories didn't it you know what I mean it was one of those places that you go people go on like oh, the Cardiff fans go on about uh, Ninian Park and so much atmosphere and so much they have to hold so many memories you know that you go to these new stadiums you go to Riverside you go to the Cardiff City Stadium yes they're good because oh, football had yeah. to evolve to, to create more money but the atmosphere is nowhere near close to um, to where it's ever been or whatever. No. football was so <laughs> much fun so much fun yeah, like that we had the whole game end, didn't we? And, and when the goal was to go in that end, it was just kind of just, 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 just get dragged along with the fans and you send up from the back and all of a sudden you're at the front. And obviously with the health and safety, with after the Hillsborough disaster, obviously something had to, had to change with these uh, with the, with the safety barriers and everything. Because I, I remember me as a, as a kid really getting quite squashed at the front of that whole game. End. Bernie there score his goals and uh, and stand on the Holgate end and uh, at the fence. You know, I mean, I've got um, uh, me dad. Yeah. Yeah, me dad watches all these shows. By the way, I don't know if he's watching. Diving head against Aston Villa. You know, what I mean, that was that was that was a Sunday afternoon. That was, I remember that game. Oh, I was, I was, just these kind of memories, though. You know, what I mean, that, that when you when you watch these kind of players, then you come across them within the football circle. You know, what I mean, I, it's just it's just it's surreal, though, Nicky, isn't it? That you that that. That you stand there with this on the on the stadiums and watch these kind of players, and all of a sudden you you, you meet them in normal people, and they're just you know what I mean they're very talented normal people, you know what I mean, and they're yeah. and they're being very good managers, coaches, players, etc. But the uh, but they were just and I'm not ashamed yeah. to call them. Absolutely, like, I, I idolised yeah. them. I idolised them. Exactly. I mean, when like you just just walk to the ground, you know, with your, your parents, and it's like the atmosphere years ago. All the all the streets lead to Ersan Park, which is unbelievable. And and my aim was to to play at Ersan Park. I never did as a as a professional, but I played for Middlesbrough boys uh, at Ersan Park. You know, going through the ranks and uh, just yeah. to play on, uh, just to play Ersan Park was just. Uh, 
my that was one of my problems. No, no, I wouldn't say regrets. Probably one of my only disappointments that Middlesbrough decided to go to a new stadium because I, I really wanted to play at Essen Park. I'd always said to me dad that I, I, I'm going to play at Essen Park. I want to score the whole gate. I'm going to want to make you proud and do blah blah blah. And and obviously the, the season I signed was the last side then came and it was. I oh, listen. It was amazing. You know what I mean. But I always wanted to. I always wanted to play at Essen Park, and obviously I was very lucky that Middlesbrough yeah. used it as a training ground while Rockcliffe was getting built, which was great. And so, you know what I mean? The amount of times I think I pretended to score in the whole oh, game yeah. and celebrate like Bernie, and it was I, I lived, I lived, a, I was living the dream every day. You know, it was great. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I used to love watching Dave. Uh, uh, is it Dave Bird, striker? Yeah, Ian Bird. Paul Ian Bird. Uh, is it David Bird? Ian Bird, sorry, yeah, Ian Bird, yeah. Yeah, I came across him, he was Sutton, Sutton United's assistant manager, and he used to be proper Oh, hard he was, yeah. Forward. I, you talk about people, you could talk about people elbow and headbutt, and he, he was probably one of the worst on the field, what he used to do. Yeah, he, you mean? totally agree, he was, uh, yeah, he was, a, he was a hard I didn't recognise him, actually. Yeah. I didn't even realise he was involved was in, uh, involved in management. Yeah, I didn't even know he was involved. Yeah, when I was at Maidstone United as assistant, I was assistant manager at Maidstone United about three, four years ago, and we were playing Sutton away, and they were beating us one nil and whatever. We came back and we won two one, and he he started kicking off. I didn't recognise him. He had a beanie hat on, and I, I gave him some stick back. And the next thing he stood up, took his beanie hat off. I went, "It's Ian Bird. He's a nutter." <laughs> that didn't bother him no more. You're my hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet that calmed him down quickly. You, get end. <laughs> I can't uh, down. Didn't go near him. <laughs> uh, Nicky Cade asks. So that uh, that was my f- uh, first. Anyhow, it was uh, Liverpool. Excellent. Yeah, so that Liverpool was your first uh, memory. And by the way, Ray Clements, what a goalkeeper! Yeah. One of the the greatest. Yeah, no. Oh, no. Cade asks there, Nicky there, what's your favourite football shirt that you've swapped with a player after a game? Um, I swapped with uh, Gareth Southgate because obviously um, when we played Middlesbrough away, when I was at Bolt, we do 1-1 and Gareth Southgate was uh, obviously him being the England manager now and me being a Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough supporter. Um, so we, we both swap shirts. Swap shirts with Craig Bellamy as well when I was at Newcastle when I scored for, New, uh, for Bolton at Newcastle, uh, which was a good one. Uh, he probably got my shirt in his dog basket. <laughs> <laughs> some good, some good shirts there, though, mate. Um, Gavin yeah, asks. Yeah. Uh, Gavin asks, what age did you start playing football, and uh, when did you first sort of get spotted and uh, into that side of it? I played, yeah. I played from um, the age of like seven and eight uh, year old, and um, I first sort of got noticed when I played for Martin. Uh, and you'll know Ma- Martin um, yeah, was Martin, uh, one of the best football teams around the local area. Mid- yeah, Martin, and then I went to Nunthorpe um, with uh, with with a few of the boys. You probably know Andy at the time at Middlesbrough um, went on to make it. And uh, and that's when I got scouted to go to Newcastle. I went there as a schoolboy in Newcastle uh, for for probably six months in between, uh, obviously school, and then um, 
I didn't get taken on. And uh, I ended up signing for Darlington under uh, a scout there. It was called Jack Watson. I don't know whether you come across him, Andy, but it was a scout yeah, called have, yeah. Jack Watson years yeah. ago. And he was, uh, yeah, he was quite famous in the area. And he, he took Darlington as, as an apprentice. Thing is, on Nicky, what's um, tell everybody about about Martin Juniors because uh, Martin are obviously in the in the history uh, they brought through, haven't they? Just some absolutely ridiculous names. You've got the uh, down in Ben yeah. Gibson, um, yourself, me. I'll put myself on that that, that um, yeah. on that list. David Wheat, Michael Brown, yeah. um, Lee Matthews, Jonathan Hogg, currently yeah. plays for Huddersfield yeah, Town, I believe. You got you got Spike, yeah. Graham Lee, Graham Murray, ex Rangers manager. Uh, what about he? Uh, yeah, Jamie Graham, Pollock yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Jamie, um, Sam Russell, goalkeeper. Yeah, Jamie. Yeah, Grimsby uh, Town. Was it, was Jonathan Woodgate. Andy Pollock. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's that's it. Yeah, Stampy played there as well. I think he's. I think he's. I think he's been coaching there as well. Full circle. I think his kids Neil are there Heaney. As well now currently. So Heaney was there as well. Heaney was there as well. Yeah. So there's. Yeah, yeah. Listen, and I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not yeah, exaggerating. Well, we, we, that's, we were in the same team. A football club. Yeah, that's a football club, Neil uh, Nicky, isn't it? Who, um, who just has brought through some, um, and the club's evolved. It, it went from one pitch to Hall Drive now, which is what I think there's five, six, seven pitches under Keith and Gary Sykes, and Keith and Gary are both still fully involved in it. They right. they started it. Obviously, Keith Keith's the dad. He started yeah. it. Front, he founded it. Um, Gary's now. Uh, Gary's now took over, yeah. and it's just listen. It's a it's I a mean, football club which is so ago, special. Years ago, yeah. Unbelievable. Let me talk about where Paul Gascoigne, when he was a kid, he came through. I think was it? Uh, I can't remember. The club he was at in Newcastle. Well, a lot of, a lot of players End. come out of. Uh, I think where Paul End Boys Club wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, a lot of players come through that system. So, the, the, these these uh, you, for youth football and whatever. It, it is a what you say is like the North East is a, a hotbed for for like footballers coming through. Throughout the country and throughout the world, when you think about it, you know. Mm. Well, we said this last week, sir, didn't we? We said um, we said about the northeast, about about bringing through these kind of players. You know, I mean, the scouting networks that that clubs were bringing scouts to the north for years. They got Neil Madison, Alan Shearer, um, and other players. Other teams were doing yeah. it to get players over there, and it's. It's been a hotbed for, um, for for young footballers for for a very long time, and it's carrying on because of the competitiveness of the league. We have a junior football league here is is the best that I've ever seen. You know what I mean? The standard of it, um, the standard of players, the standard of coaches, the standard of referees, um, everything is so good, and the and the foundations are there. The league's in place um, to help these players get through. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not a huge fan of. Um, you know what I mean? The way that they can go and sign players at a really young age. I like them to go and play as much as they can, but yeah, that's just my own opinion. But I want them to go and play and go and enjoy it, and then go and sign for the clubs at 12, 13, 14, I'm happy. Um, but for me, at a certain age, just go and play, when, and, go and, when, play with Andy, and go and enjoy it a little bit. Andy, when we were obviously a younger age, there was no academies and everything that grew on. We, we just had to rely on, like you say, playing for your... Saturday or Sunday thing, you know, to to get scouted. Um, nowadays, like you say, you go to you can go to a Cardiff and go from the age of six or seven right through to the to to, to the professional level. You can stay at that club for years and years. Uh, but we we went there and we played like you say, we mates and, and with with people that's not as good as you, uh, but you still enjoyed it. I think. Mm. 
coming from the background of West Middlesbrough is not the most affluent area. We all know that in the areas. And I just think the passion them players, young players have, they just want to make things better for themselves and for the families. Totally agree. Second, second worst place to live, apparently, Nicky, Middlesbrough. In the uh, in the country, you know what I mean. I, I'm not. Yeah, well. Listen, you know what I mean. I I, yeah, I, I, I always that. said, and I always said, I always said, I always said to my parents, I always <laughs> said that I wanted to do well for everybody to um to you know what I mean. I, I was hard and, exactly. and, uh, and they did, they did their best to get to, to get the best stuff for me. But I, I always wanted to better myself and being a footballer and and give my kids the best yeah. opportunity to, uh, to 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 live in life. But I tell you what, there's an opportunity through football which which people are getting, and it's um. I was, I, I, like you just said there, Nicky. You know, I didn't sign for Middlesbrough until I was fourteen. I'd played for my school team, which was which was great. I played with my mates. Some of them were good, some of them weren't. Some yeah. of them couldn't even kick a ball, but I loved it. We won, we lost, we we weren't very successful. Yeah, exactly. Martin team was excellent. You know what I mean? I had Woody, I had all these players, and we um, we were very good. We won everything. We didn't hardly lose. Um, and then we played for the, the district, which was I played for Langbar because I went to school in Unthorpe. Um, which wasn't the strongest of teams because Middlesbrough was a bigger area than, than what we had. We only had a couple of schools, but we did well. We we travelled the country because we were we were winning games, and it was it was really enjoyable and really really successful time. But I'm I'm glad they had all this variation instead of like you just said there, Nicky, that you can go and sign for a club, say a Cardiff City, a six-year-old, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. That's ten years. Ten years is a long time to stay at a club before you start playing professional and competitive games, you know, and, and, and try and be a player. And if you get released at yeah. sixteen, it must be heartbreaking. You know what I mean? And, and where'd you go from there? You know what I mean? Because if you've been at a club for ten years, yeah. And what probably ends up happening is a lot of these players are going into Cardiff of a teammates of you if 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 you're going there, they're coming in from different areas, so if they get released, they go back to a different part of Wales, whatever. But when you're a, when you're playing in your Sunday league or your Saturday teams, you, you're playing with very much local boys, and they are actually become your mates, probably a lot of them for life, you know. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Totally agree. Touch on Nick, which is uh, obviously a, a, a funny a funny point. Is uh, nicknames in football? So, is there any funny ones that you come across? Uh, yeah, there's a few. <laughs> yeah, there's a few. Uh, any, any, well, any of you, any of you? I've got triggered myself. I've been, I've been on my, I've been, I've been called trigger for all through my career, but. Uh, <laughs> There's a story what goes with this side Mel- because I got Mel- a, a, good fr- a, good, a good friend in a good friend in oh, Nicky's. You've been told a few stories, then, yeah. Yeah. So Denny, uh, <laughs> Denny texted me. Denny texted me the other day and said, uh, "He said I'm so glad you've got Nicky on. Nicky's a lovely lad. Um, um, grew up with him. Played with him in in, in certain teams, etc." Um, he said, uh, can you ask him the story about when he was still wearing it and he burnt himself? Hopefully he still remembers it. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, so we, we played at home for Hartlepool and uh, <laughs> the last game of the season and I think it was uh, me and Nicky Peveril. Uh, do you know Nicky Peveril? I know Nicky. I know um, Nicky, yeah. Yeah. We end up we end up getting beat that game. It was nine one. I think we got beat nine one at home last game of the season. Players were in holiday mood and anyway, come back after the game. Manager was going crazy after the game. 
as you would do and uh so gets home and um quickly has to eat jumps in the bath we didn't have a shower it was a bath at the time so nothing showers were about then but uh quickly jumped in the bath um i thought me mum had uh ironed my shirt so get ready taxi taxi turns up beeping so i've got my trousers on and my shoes and that and um, my mum's still ironing away at the shirt <laughs> so I quickly put it on do my hair the taxi's beeping outside i've looked in a minute i just see a big crease right along along my chest i've said i can't go i've got a big crease mom i thought you ironed it and so, so the iron's still on the side so i thought give us the iron so i got the iron and and I just started doing that the iron. And the crease, crease wouldn't go. The crease wouldn't go. So, being me, I pressed the steam. <laughs> I tried to get rid of it. As I pressed the steam button, <laughs> as I pressed the steam button, there was a massive water blister came up. <laughs> and I had to go to hospital. I didn't go out. It was a massive blister burn. <laughs> so, we just big beat 9 1. Just big, big nine one. I just I got a big water blister. I was in hospital on the Saturday night. What a great, great day that was. Jeez. Someone in the group chat remembers that game quite, quite apt. Nick, I think it was a Plymouth at home, lost eight one. Yeah, that was a. Uh, that wasn't a very, oh, wasn't a very good day for Nicky. It was Nicky, Plymouth, uh, yeah. Um, Nicky Southall that day, was it? <laughs> no, it was. No, no. And, and uh, I think it was Paul who played for Hartlepool. We scored a hat trick as well. Okay. Oh, and Mark Patterson even was worse. chilling in with me. He played in that game. He often yeah, reminds yeah, me yeah. that. Yeah. I think I think, the, I think um, a lot of people will re- like, remember like few of the funny stories from myself is uh, when I was at Hartlepool again. Uh, the hubcap story. I don't know if anybody told you that one. I've I've I've, I've, I've um. I've got that one written down, Nicky. And uh, I'll read what he said earlier. I read what he said. I read what he said before you uh, before you uh, before you tell the story. So it was. This is word for word what uh, what Denny said. So, and the time he changed his car wheel and tightened the nuts by hand and drove the car after it. <laughs> tell us the story, Nicky. Tell us the story. I'm intrigued. Uh, well, again, well, I lived in Hemlington at the time. Um, my first car. Um, you're always, you're always proud of your first car, aren't you, when you get one. Uh, mine was a Ford Fiesta yeah. 1.1 popular plus. Uh, good that. It's mushy good green. That. It had a black primed, uh, the black, black primed um, bonnet, so it looked, looked spectacular. <laughs> but I was proud of it. It was the first. I'd saved up about a £1,000 for it. And uh, for my birthday, I got some hubcaps them on lovely you know it made the car look like a proper roadster <laughs> in my eyes anyway anyway a couple of weeks later i noticed the whole caps were missing and like being in hamilton i thought somebody's nicked them so i bought another set and then i noticed again another couple of days later went missing again so i'm not having this like if 30 pound pop you know these hubcaps so <laughs> I said okay then so I put them on but I, I, I super glued them on so they weren't going to get nicked <laughs> anyway, so I super glued the hubcaps on my car they're not, they're not getting nicked so going to training no it wasn't going to training we were going to, going to a match on Saturday 
just going down the A66, just outside Birmingham. Next thing, flipping uh, blowout. So pulls over and just outside Birmingham on the side of the motorway, blowout. So it gets up, it opens the uh, boot of the car, gets a spare wheel out. Anyway, go to the wheel. I couldn't get the wheel off because the hook caps. I couldn't get. I couldn't get the nuts off. <laughs> Super glued the hook caps on. <laughs> so, so the next thing, I, <laughs> so I'm sat inside the road, at flipping the AA out. So I've got the AA out and uh, put the put the car on the back of the uh, on the back of the AA. I turned up the Hartlepool police car park. 20, about 25 minutes before kickoff, <laughs> and it was, in the uh, 25 minutes before kickoff, with the, the on, on on the back of it, and he, even he couldn't get the old caps off. Yeah, my dad's a joiner and he came down with a uh, chisel and started hammering it off while the game was going on. He changed the tire for me. Yeah, mate. This is this is comedy. This is comedy gold. This and 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 right. And three. Oh God. He sent me. He sent me three. I, I didn't ask for any of these. These these was just what Denny sent to me. So I, I've got to thank Denny for. Uh, I hopefully he's, hopefully he's watching. By the way. If he's not, I'm going to send him. Yeah. This is this is the final yeah, one, Nicky. So he's put. Um, about. How 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 did you feel when Gary Brabham got you in the headlock during the game and then started running off, like punching you in the face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, slipping neck. He's an animal. <laughs> he, uh, I was playing. I think I was playing right wing at the time. I ran. He's quite big. He's a stocky bloody Brabham. He was Gary Brabham. Yeah, uh, big anyhow, lad. Yeah, I've I've just I've just nicked the ball in front of him, and, and he I, he sort of tripped me over, went down, and the referees come over and booked him. And next thing he got me in a headlock, and I couldn't breathe. I actually couldn't breathe. I thought it was like uh, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> I was only eighteen. I say I was going green. I really thought I was going to die on the football field. But he got me in a headlock because he he's, he was a bouncer. I think he was doing a bit of moonlight bouncing on the weekend, but the guy was an animal, absolute animal. So, That's a great, it's a great story. When uh, when when Denny when Denny told me, I was trying to find the uh, trying to find the, the video of it, but uh, couldn't find it anywhere. It would have been would have been hilarious to see it. No. Yeah, no, it was really scary. Yeah. Some great some yeah, great stories, on Nick. Um, obviously. Again. Yeah. Oh yes, you, oh yes. You might have been playing actually. Um, I've got one story for you. Uh, I think it was when you might have been involved when Middlesbrough played Bolton in the uh, uh, the final at Cardiff. Were you there at the time? Oh no, I got sold by then. But I, I got sold by then. But thanks, Andy, won a cup. Still hurts. Still hurts me. All ah, right. Yeah. Well, obviously, I played for Bolton. <laughs> yeah. I played. I so I'm glad we won, though. I'm glad we won. Uh, I'm glad we beat. Anyhow, though. we played. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we played um, Crystal Palace on the Saturday, and um, so we were Selhurst Park, and we we got a penalty. I took a penalty. The keeper saved it, and uh, he moved off his line. So I we take it. I've hit the next one. Hit the crossbar. Went over. So I missed. I, technically, <laughs> I missed one penalty, but I missed two <laughs> in the space of <laughs> the space of about two minutes. 
So I got tickets for the final at Cardiff. So straight after the game, in my car straight down, straight down the M40, just going down to uh, Cardiff. Anyhow, I'll get a blowout again on the motorway. But it's pitch black. I'm thinking, like, what, what's going on here? Like, I've, I've got a TT, a TT. Open the boot, got the jack the car up. I couldn't really see much of what was going on. Anyhow, I'll get the car in such a rush because I wanted to get down there for, for, for like before the game, you know, like on the night. Um, with the atmosphere, I wanted to set up the atmosphere the night before, you know. Uh, the, the game was on the Sunday actually, but I wanted to be there for the, for the atmosphere. Anyhow, I was, I'm jacking the car. I'm waiting for like cars going by so I can try and change. <laughs> You found a jackal point. I've jacked, I've jacked the car up. I've just, I've jacked the car up on the wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> I've jacked the car up on. The, <laughs> I've jacked the car up on the wrong side. So I've jumped in the car in panic. <laughs> I've jumped the car off, and the jack's gone straight through the <laughs> footwell of the car. <laughs> and I had to get the A out, to get the A out again. <laughs> so I arrived, I arrived in Cardiff about. One o'clock in the morning. One o'clock in the morning, and the uh, the van again. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> oh, Nicky. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that what did the AA guy think, say when he seen the jack through the floor of your, your car? He <laughs> couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe it. Look, I, I was just in, I was in that much of a rush, and I was trying to be in between <laughs> car headlights, and it was Jeez. I was on the hard shoulder, and I jacked the car up the wrong side. So again, I got my car, trying to, and as I drove off to try and get the jack off, because I was doing it, I was quite scared on a hard shoulder. There's all these lorries and <laughs> and the, the jack is just going straight through me car. <laughs> brand new, brand new TT. Oh god. Oh dear. Oh, I, I'm crying yeah. here, by the way. Yeah. I'm crying. Yeah, yeah, I've never <laughs> laughed so much in my life. This. <laughs> so you can see, you can see why uh, over, over the over the seasons I've got uh, got a few nail triggers, and that's why I, I like. It. I was I just, I, do you know? I was just, I was just, just, I was just about to, I was just about to say, Nick, I was just about to say, Nick, that um, that that that, that name, so those three stories, that name is well justified, by the way. So <laughs> <laughs> I was young and naive. Quality. I've got to say, very young and naive. Quality. <laughs> I got Love asked it. to do a book actually Love it, mate. on Trigger's jokes, uh, on Trigger's journey. So, you can tell, anyway, I mean, I'll tell you what, it'd be, it'd be a bestseller. Be a bestseller. Be a bestseller. One Nick question, one question that, Nick, that I want to ask you, a serious question about football, um, about leaving about leaving the area. That um, Did you have to leave the North East to... To be that advice, would you give to people? Because there's young people who, who watch this. There's young young players around the world who who don't always make that step and that jump to move away. You know what I mean? So how important is it to move away and, and get out yeah, of your comfort zone, yeah. so to speak? Yeah, I just think it's having a little bit of courage um, uh, to to do that. Obviously, you're at home. You got your home life. Your your mum and dad and your family, brothers and sisters, whatever. But for me, it was a case of seeing what was out there. You know, I'd just been in that mm. bubble of being around Middlesbrough in the area and, and seeing, like, like you say, it wasn't the the best area in the world, and it, it, it wasn't the worst in the way. So, but yeah. just to get out there and see what's what, what's out there as a, as a, as a young player and to meet 
uh, to play at different grounds, meet different managers and players, and and um, my wife traveling with me as well, and, and she's meeting other other players' wives, and and for me it was a journey that I actually adored and I loved it, and and I always loved Middlesbrough, and it'll always be a part of me, but there's actually nicer areas in the country to to go and to go and live and to see, you know. Uh, and, uh, and I'd never really want, wanted to go back after that. Seeing, mm. seeing obviously down the east and in Nottingham when I was there and up in Manchester when I was there. So um, it just opened my eyes a little bit more to, to life, really. Bigger than, the world's bigger than Middlesbrough, and I think that's the point that I, I say to a lot of people and to a lot of other people who live in a certain area. The, the, the world's bigger than Cardiff, the world's bigger than Middlesbrough, the world's bigger than a place, and if you yeah. want to aspire to be something, London. you know what I mean? Because then another point would be, yeah, another, would you have would you have made it to the Premier League if you hadn't have moved out the North East? Probably not, probably not. I think if I'd have stayed in the North East, uh, Andy, I think, I think I would have just ended up drifting out into the local non-league scene. Uh, I think it actually made me as a person and as a as a player, and a human, really. You know, uh, yeah. to live away from your family for twenty odd years, and um, I get as much as I can to Middlesbrough. But obviously, with COVID, I haven't been back to Middlesbrough in over a year. I haven't seen my my family in over a year. You know, it's that is difficult to uh, take at the minute. Hmm. And, and 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 that's the thing, Nick, isn't it? You know that uh, it's heartbreaking to hear that because you know I know I know how much your family means to you. You love the area coming back. You know what I mean? You you you've moved away. You moved out. You've you've evolved as a person, a human being, a, a footballer, um, a family man. Um, but home's where the heart is sometimes, isn't it? And not being able to say, you know what I mean? We we've all been there and and just share certain things at this time of the. Of your life in the world, and at this time, it's it's heartbreaking and it's not nice to see. And, and hopefully soon that you'll be able to see the sunny parts of uh, Middlesbrough again very shortly. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope so. Fingers crossed. Let's, let's uh, hopefully we all stay safe and and we get through this uh, for the rest of this summer, so we can come visit people and go on holidays and do the nicer things that we. We, we've we've been taken away from us, you know. And, uh, totally agree, Nick. Just sitting indoors, just doing nothing. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, one thing, Nick, I want to talk about. I want to talk about your cooking, and I want to talk about your um, some of your posts. You know, <laughs> if you don't follow Nicky on social media, by the way, um, obviously, a de- a, um, delicious things in the world from from the northeast of England is, is obviously the Parmo. You know, what I mean, my dad's put that in his in in, in, in the group chat there. Oh, and, yeah, I've made that uh, a few Nicky, times. Yeah. Nick, Nicky, Nicky himself has uh, has posted a few pictures on social media of, of his own um, his own cooking, and it, I comment every time by the way because they look absolutely to die for. They look absolutely amazing. Yeah. So, um, is that is that something Nick that you that you miss? So you try to replicate it just for a bit of fun, but just because you enjoy eating them as well. Is that what is that is that why you do it? Um, yeah, just I just think. I needed to, with with lockdown and everything. I just needed to do something a little bit different Saturdays. That makes sense. There was no yeah, sport no on. There was football shut down. It was like you just sit there and, and watching box sets or movies that you've seen twenty thousand times. 
I just wanted to do something a little bit different and I just decided every Saturday I wanted to make a theme of um, so we'd either have a Mexican night, an Indian night, a Chinese night. Uh, I wanted to just touch, touch things up, an American night, a surf and turf. And so I decided to take a board and, and, and try it out. And it's come out okay, to be fair. And nobody's, nobody's died of food poisoning, yeah? So that's... Uh, that's a bonus. No, but it, and listen, I, 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 if, if anybody does follow Nicky, are you, are you, just start, you just started following him. Go and have a look back at his, his old photos, his old tweets, because they are they look top draw, by the way. You know what I mean? Nicky Nicky should bring a book out of recipe books and, and joke books. It would be the best seller at the minute, mate, I tell you. Yeah. It would be an unbelievable seller. Unbelievable seller. Um, just, a quick one, just a quick one to everybody. Well, then, the oh, you want to, wear, um, to do Palmer's on as well. Oh, yeah, pretty defo. If anybody wants to put any questions in there, and size having a few, um, a few problems where you want to put some questions in, I will read them out. Um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up if anybody asks any questions. So, um, Nick, we've got a question from um, some, one, of, one of your ex Hartlepool um, followers, I think. He said, uh, when at Dover season before, you chartered a plane of him. Is that correct? What's that, sorry? I'm sorry. Uh, when you were at Dover, season before last, you charted up a plane to Teesside for the Hartlepool game as a club. Did you yes, fly to Hartlepool yes, for the yes. game? Yeah, the chairman did. Jeez, yeah. good going, good going yeah, for, we for, flew for to a football Hartlepool, club. That. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Well, to be fair, it, it, I think the, the chairman knew somebody within uh, for Big in Hill or whatever. So we flew from Big in Hill to to Teesside Airport and. Um, just made said because the trains were different. We, we generally travel by train to all the northern away games, but to, to get to Hartlepool, we had to do two or three different trains. We had to get one to Newcastle and uh, uh, sorry to Darlington, and then you had to get another one yeah. from Darlington to Hartlepool. So it just made sense. And we, to be fair, we, we left Big in Hill. It, I think it was 11 o'clock, we, we landed at uh, Teesside 12, got, got, got to the ground for one, we beat Hartlepool and then flew back. I was back in, in Kent at, uh, I think, half past six, seven o'clock at night. It's crazy. Good that, like that's decent. That's that's good going. That yeah. Um, Gavin Randall asked Nicky. He said, "What's the best yeah. stadium that you've uh, that you played in in your career?" Um, well, obviously Wembley's up there. It's the old Wembley. Um, this is just incredible. The twin towers. Um, yeah. Uh, Anfield. Um, played um, Boxing Day game at Anfield when we drew one one. That was an amazing uh, game. Uh, Tottenham, or Tottenham's old ground. But Newcastle as well, obviously. That's, that's got a one and only goal in the Premier League away at Newcastle. And to, to being a North East, uh, North Eastern boy to go there and hit the, the Gallagher end was, uh, was a magical moment for me in my career as well. I bet that was, yeah, I bet that was special, mate. I bet that was so special, yeah. Um, we've got a question from, um, from the Hartlepool follower. Uh, which says, what do you make of the Dover situation? Obviously, um, I don't know if people, if people are aware, but obviously Dover um, haven't finished the season um, this season. And obviously Nicky's, uh, Nicky's one of the staff members there, uh, works alongside uh, the manager, Andy Hessen-Tyler. So, Nicky, what's what situation, how, how good are you that it hasn't finished the way that you and Andy had planned this season? 
Yeah, obviously we're absolutely devastated. You know, we've seen seeing the league and all the teams in the league playing games. Nothing worse. We want to be on that line. We want to be training week in week out. The players we have a very young bunch of players, and uh, obviously uh, I think everybody knows that with the, the the financial position of the club. But we've got some good young talented there, and um, we want to we want to make them better players. We want we want to see them develop and, and go on in their careers, but. And we're frustrated. Uh, we don't. I don't want to be sat here on a Saturday afternoon. No disrespect, cooking. Instead of, I want to be on the side of it. I want to be in the dugout, you know, on the side of the pitch and uh, giving that encouragement and tactical uh, awareness and everything and my experience towards the players and manager and helping the manager helping Dover. You know, we didn't get off to a great start. Um, Fifteen games in with ten points. It's not ideal, but. In between that, we had three bouts of COVID, um, so we, we were isolating for probably up to a month of the season as well. We had to isolate, you know, and you got isolated for ten days. So in between, in between mm. was um, stopping the season. We we we'd had a month of sidelines as well. Like it was crazy. So we had to do more or less three little mini pre-seasons in, 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 in the season. It's, listen, it's like no other season, but for me personally, I'm glad that Hartlepool are doing really well. They've got a great chance to get back in the league, and I always look out for their results. Do you think they'll make it, Nick? I think uh, they've got a good chance, you know, they've got good momentum. So it's like everybody says at this stage of the season, you, momentum's key at this stage of the season. You, you can start slow, but. If you can go into a, a run of games now, leading to try and go for that uh, automatic spot, if they don't get that, like I say, if they can go through the playoffs, go through the playoffs, and they've, they've got great form and they've got a very good manager there, great experience at this level and obviously in the league as well, and uh, he's got so he's got a great side, good hungry side that are doing really well. Yeah, I totally agree. Charlie's doing a great mm. job. They've got obviously points on the board. I know teams have got games in land, but at this stage of the season, you'd rather have um, points on the board than the games. The games they're coming thick and fast, and you know, I mean, if you lose a couple or lose one game, it's you know, what I mean, you've lost momentum, you lose uh, lose things. So hard yeah. at the minute, at the top yeah. of the tree. They, they had a great result against Notts County on. Um, so yeah, exactly. fingers crossed they can uh, they can they can get over the line. But like I like you just said there, if uh, if they get in the playoffs. For me, I, I, you wouldn't want to play Hartlepool. You know what I mean? If there's one team that you wouldn't want to play, you wouldn't want to play no. against a Dave Challen aside, you know what I mean? Because Charlie throughout his career, non-league football to, to where he is now, um, he's, he's been a very, very, very competitive manager and a good manager and as a style of play. And as a player, Charlie was competitive with his, with his long throws and the way that he played. And he's, uh, he's not changed as he's not changed long much throws. as a manager, to be fair. <laughs> Every second. His long <laughs> throws, mate, were... <laughs> No, Hor- oh, oh, horrific, mate. I remember, I remember playing at uh, Tramway. They were bigger than Rory Jalaps, um, weren't they? Bigger than Rory yeah. oh, well, um, it's, it's, I don't know if you remember, but at Prenton Park, they used to have gaps in the in the in the boards, just have a little bit of a further further run up. So there'd be there'd be a gap every ten meters. You know what I mean? So he'd run in the gap. He'd he'd launch the throw. He used to launch the yeah. throw in from his own half in the box. That's how that's how long his throw was. It was longer than Andy yeah. legs. Longer than Rory Delaps, yeah. it was it was the longest thing I've ever seen. What? And me were Jesus. they were strong in in in, in Carling Cups for years and years and years. You didn't they got get, to the, the final, yeah. didn't they? 
Yeah, 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 they did. Yeah, we, 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 when we ever played Chami, we were just we were told to try and keep the ball in play because they were less effective. <laughs> yeah, I totally, totally agree. That's that's, <laughs> that, that's that's the way that's the way it was. Yeah, <laughs> sprinting for balls that are going out for throwings to try and keep it. You know what I mean? It's crazy. <laughs> Kick, kicking a ball out. For, I think we should, should we uh, we have one more. I'll let you pick one more question since your um your 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 sound's been a bit iffy tonight. You pick yeah, one more question on. from somebody and then we'll um. Give Nick his evening back. Indeed, I think we'll go with uh, Will uh, Malhus says, uh, "Who's the best player that you've ever played with and against?" Oh, good question. Cool. Well, uh, I just the best player I've ever played with is well, there's two. Can I have two? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you can you, you talk here about uh, JJ Kocher. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I mean, Jorge, just, just, he just, just <laughs> honestly, his first touch could like beat three players. It was just, and he just, his, his awareness, and the weight of passes, like everything was so classy about him. You know, I mean, he, he got out the shower; it was classy. <laughs> like, it was just everything was so good, um, but. Um, but JJ Kocher on his day is just like in training. I've never seen anybody do things with a ball that he's, he's just absolute magician. He could hide a ball from you, and then it would just pop up somewhere else on the pitch. It's just ridiculous. And um, and for 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 him to arrive at Bolton, it was just like one of the world's best players at the time. Uh, to be sat in that dressing room with with these kind of players coming from no disrespect at the time, Gillingham, it was just incredible. You know, I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, yeah, pinched off times, but but players, best player that I played against, oh, I like Mark him. I think Ryan Giggs has got to be up there. <laughs> uh, he's definitely up there. Uh, he's like chased him a few times. He's outside George Ware. <laughs> He's another one we've, we've played against at Chelsea. Jo- uh, uh, Drogba, my last year for Nottingham Forest was in the FA Cup for, for Forest. And we played at Stamford Bridge and he, he scored a hat-trick, you know, like two free kicks and header. It was just unbelievable. Gerard, Great I mean, players, I'm 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 Gerard as well. If I'm this, uh, I mean, Lampard, I mean, where do you stop? I mean, there's no one... I know. Real standout, you know, these are unbelievable players in their own right. My game is ridiculous. Yeah, and, and, and things like it's, it's a testament to yourself, and <laughs> exactly, it, it's, a, it's a testament to yourself, Nick. Though these kind of programs, <laughs> these kind of programs, though, that you, um, that, 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 the platform that we give people an opportunity to speak about careers and stuff. I don't think you realise what you've done and what you've achieved and who you've played with and who you've played against. And so you start talking about it, you know, that I didn't realise. Half the things that I'd probably had questions, yeah. and we started to dig deep, and and you don't. Nobody likes talking about themselves, you know what I mean? Because it doesn't. It doesn't. I loved. I love listening to you talk. I love mm. listening to to Bishy last week. I love. I all my. I'm a super fan. I love talking about football because my memories are just as good as anyone else's, and I love it because I know this. I know people's careers inside as much as they they've had themselves, and and I love it. But I think sometimes players 
forget what they've achieved. You know what I mean? You played in the Premier League. You played it. You you one of many who've played in every single level of 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 um, of, of league football. You know what I mean? Played in every single division, which is a credit to you. You know what I mean? Because people people might people. Premier League players will see that as a negative that oh, I'm not going to play there but people build themselves up and play at every level and I think it's an absolute credit to you I played at every level and I'm proud to say that I've done that you know what I mean I, I didn't score it well I didn't score that but yeah. I wish you know what I mean that's probably and I can't regret things that are not in my control but they're, they, they, these are proud moments you know what I mean the proud moments will go for me with scoring in the Premier League or playing from a country and things because the level the, the, the lower you go I think in football I mean, when you play in the Premier League, you get more time on the ball. There's better players, so they give you more time on the ball. They respect you more. Yeah, when you drop down to lower, lower leagues, you get kicked. Yeah. You get, you get, you, you, your reputation means for nothing. Your name means nothing. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, um, yeah. it's, it's just. I love listening to the stories. The stories are nightmare. I totally agree what you said with that. Yeah. Totally agree, Andy. What you're saying there. I mean, once you get in that Premier League, you do have more time on the ball. Uh, but it's when the ball changes hands, that's when the levels, you see the levels change, you know. Yeah. Um, obviously, the lower down, the, the ball changes hands a lot more frequently because obviously there's not as good technical players and, and uh, players at that level. But the higher you go, you give that ball away or you make a mistake, you get punished more than 99 times out of 100, you know, and that's the, that's the difference. With, yep. with the levels and high up you go yeah agree 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 but sir this has been uh, this is this is up there I've, I've got I'm, I'm, I'm not sure by the way I've not I've not laughed this much <laughs> ever on this show this has been this has been up there so if you it's ask me that question Colin. next week, which which has been my which has been my favourite show, this is it. This is it. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, everyone else. Yeah, it's it. been very, very. Yeah, it's been very, very funny. I've uh, had the pleasure of listening and not talking as much as normal as well. I sort of my uh, my audio and my video has been quite choppy, so I've been a bit quieter than uh, than usual this evening. But um, just a couple of quick scheduling notes. Friday night we'll be back with the championship show. Seven o'clock kickoff. Uh, Sunday, I have uh, my story dropping with Welsh filmmaker, the man behind well, uh, the documentary film Take Me Home, Mr. Johnny Owen, obviously a talk sport host as well. Uh, it's a very, very good one, I've got to say. And uh, we obviously had uh, David Giles dropped yesterday. Me and Andy will be back next Monday with an all new guest. And uh, of course, you can get all the different shows, audio and video, youtube.com and your favourite podcast platform. Just search Ace Podcast Nation. Uh, Nikki Southall, it has been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, and more. It's been amazing. Cheers, guys. Good luck. Yeah, Indeed. cheers, guys. Well Loved done. Loved it, mate. Loved cheers. it, mate. Good, good luck with everything, Nikki, as well. You know what I know it's not hasn't been hasn't been the season you wanted, and hope things work out for everybody. For you, for you, Andy, the club. It's, uh, it's a uh, it's a nice part of the world, good club, and uh, and I do really really hope everything works out. I really do. Cheers, cheers, lads. Cheers, guys. My mummy and daddy have been talking about life insurance. It sounds like something to protect my brother and me, but I don't really understand. Then my auntie Louise told mummy about Bespoke Financial Teesside. She said they're a local company who helped her with her life insurance. Mummy got in touch and because they're based locally, a man called Darren was able to come to our house. He was really friendly. 
Darren stayed for a cup of tea and made it all really easy to understand. He said that life insurance will protect our home and family if anything bad were to happen. Like if mummy or daddy got sick, then we'd get enough money to take care of us and our house would be paid for so we wouldn't get taken away. After an hour, Darren said goodbye and mummy and daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted, we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. Podcast Network.